Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. Now, if you've been following my journey through me working with my sons, you will know that I'm heavy, heavy, heavy on technical training, skills training, all that physical stuff. And that's in part because my, when I started working with my sons, they were very young. Well, something miraculous has happened that is going to shock you. My older son <laughs> has become a teenager. And my wife and I are like, whoa, 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 he's changing. You know, like, oh, my goodness, he's he's just becoming a a changing and that has good and bad ramifications. The great thing is he's more independent. He's doing his thing. He's blossoming into himself. But some of the things we're noticing is the mood swings and the self-talk. And so we have been scratching our heads to find resource, resources to help him um, navigate all of these mixed emotions he's receiving. And I thought this would be the perfect time to bring in experts to give us some context, introduce themselves to the community so that they can be a resource for folks who are experiencing some of these same questions. And I will, and I'm gonna introduce Miss Tammy. Tammy, do not let me mess up your last name. Mathini. Right. Mathini, that was close Matheny, enough. Mathini, gosh. I've been called worse. <laughs> Fellow South Carolinian, author, sports performance coach, mentor, speaker, you do it all. And if I'm not mistaken, you work with young athletes and their parents to a lesser extent across the entire gamut of sports. I'm so great. honored to have you here. And I want to talk, I want you to introduce yourself and talk about why you started. And then we're going to jump into mental performance training, mental performance strengthening, all of that stuff. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Neil. And I'm excited to be here. I know you and I have gone back and forth well, for a while. And I love what you are doing and what you're offering out there. Uh, so I've been trying to send all my soccer parents and athletes your way. But I love, I just wanted to like plug that and let you know I love what you're doing. Um, but I'm a mental game coach. I like the easiest way I like to describe that is I am a strength and conditioning coach for the brain. We spend so much time and energy on the physical skills that we're often missing that mental piece. Um, growing up, I know I wished I would have had some kind of resource to use. I know my parents do. They're like, oh my gosh, we did that, you know, as I'm teaching them now or talking about things that I work with parents. Um, so it's just trying to educate athletes and parents on the bottom line is a better way of thinking. Our, th our thoughts control our reality. So if we learn how to take control of our thoughts, we're creating a better world in reality around us. It's life lessons, but I just get to use sports as the vehicle. So I love that. So as you were speaking, I was jotting down topics that I want to touch. And we're going to try to get as many of them done as possible. So let me read out all of these topics. And then uh, we can just jump in where we go. 
stigmas associated with mental sports, mental performance training. Mm -hmm. That was an issue that my son had because he kept saying, oh, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. So the stigma's there. The best tips, if you have some early wins, you could share with someone, okay, this is, if you don't do anything else, this is one thing I recommend. The age range, the symptoms. So if there is an issue, what are some of the symptoms that you uh, parents can look out for? Success stories, success stories in your personalized success stories with the athletes you work with. So let's just go with stigmas associated with anything dealing with mental uh, performance training. How do you tackle those? What would you say to someone who says, I don't have a problem, but whatever? Well, the, the first thing that comes to my mind and when you ask that question is, that's why I describe my job as it is. I'm strength and conditioning for the mind. So that doesn't necessarily mean there's a problem. We don't stop lifting and working out when we get strong. And the same with learning how to operate our brain. So that's what I always tell parents, you know, talk to your athletes. This is just another avenue for them to get a leg up. Um, and maybe there are things we need to strengthen, just like the physical skills. You know, number two, I like to bring up all the athletes, almost all elite athletes, their teams or them individually have some kind of mental coach, mental performance coach that they use because again you know we're, we're all looking how can we get a little edge above someone else so there are tons and tons of athletes um that you know utilize this i like to be able to bring it to non-elite athletes and those that don't realize that hey this can help me too it can help me have more fun in what i'm doing it can help me have more success and ultimately build confidence, which we need in any aspect of life. Yeah, so my older brother, I kept mentioning my son, my older brother, um, who is his nephew, pointed out all these top athletes who use mental strength coaching. And then they do these speeches that now that you know what to look for, and they thank these guys. And these are people at the highest level of the game who have experienced tremendous success and they still get into their heads. And that's one of the messages that I gave to my son. You are exactly right. And, and you know, your brother's a smart man. There, there are a lot of CEOs out there and I've worked with companies. I, I prefer the athletic realm, but it's all, how do we better ourselves? And how do we, what skills can we do that we're more successful and happier in what we're doing? All right, so we're moving down the list. Okay. I got a 14-year-old. What are some of the best early win tips that you could give, one or two, three, whatever, to say, hey, if you start doing this for the next 30 days, it should help you? So number one, and I actually got it, I was listening to a video, a podcast of Kobe Bryant, and this was so long ago, and people asked me, hey, can you find that video? And I have tried. So I think it was real. I don't think I dreamed it, but I was listening to Kobe talk, and you know, when he first got into the NBA, he was a teenager and he said he started having a lot of doubts and question marks in his head and his self-talk started to kind of failing. Like, what if I can't really play with these grown men? What if I'm not as good as I think I am? What if I miss, a, you know, a crucial shot and on and on. And he worked with his mental game coach. And the one thing that he did was at the end of the day, he had Kobe write down 
his thoughts, not necessarily negative thoughts, but thoughts that didn't help him or negative thoughts. And then underneath it, rewrite it to where it's positive, productive, or it can fuel you. And so what you're doing is getting a rep in, just like we got to get physical reps in. You're getting that rep in of learning how to talk to yourself instead of listening to yourself. And he said, five minutes a day. You don't want to overwhelm yourself. And I know, you know, our, our children have a lot on their plate already, but we can find five minutes to start getting reps and working on our self-talk because ultimately our self-talk controls us. Uh, so that's always my first go-to. Um, and interrupt me if you want, but I can keep rattling them off. <laughs> you know, I love that one. And let's do that. And then let's do this. Let's put together a little top three or four tip PDF. We're going to give it out to the audience for free and I have your information on it. And okay. then anybody that, that signs up for it, they can get personal contact with you to share some more tips. And we're okay. going to do a book giveaway as well, sponsored by Anytime Soccer Training. All the right. age. What is the youngest? <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm going to send this to my mama. I told you my mom and my, my family only ones listening to this. Hey, what's the oldest? Because I might have her sign up. My mom still right. is running around, so you never know. All right. Um, so the youngest I've ever worked with was eight years old. Now, I don't think you put an age limit on it. I think it has to be more of the maturity of that athlete. Um, but we can still start teaching basic skills of how to talk um, and trying to talk, like I just said, re, you know, reframe it positively or negatively and getting rid of saying don't. When you say don't, your brain hears do. Like, don't strike out. Your brain hears don't strike out. Don't miss a shot. You hear it, don't miss a shot. Don't hit the ball in the water. Golf, that's a big one. Um, so you want to just learn. And, you know, eight-year-olds can do that. You want to learn how to tell your brain what you do want to do versus what you don't. Um, big difference. So what I'm trying to say is, is young athletes can benefit from this. And I think if they're mature enough to to pay attention, then the earlier the better, because we're just trying to create new habits. Now, the oldest I've had is a 75-year-old golfer who's trying to beat all of his local guys, you know, that he competes against every day. And he's looking for, how do I beat, you know, these jokers? So um, it runs the gamut. But, but to me, again, it's all about, it's life lessons. So we're just trying to make your life happier, more productive, more confident. All right. So I didn't mention this one, but as you were talking about it, I did think about this. How would you describe what you do versus quote unquote motivational speaking like the Eric Thomas, the David Goggins, the Les Browns? What there's a list, long list of them. But how would you just, because some people will critic, say, oh, you know, motivational speaker, and you, you know, you're up here and then you leave and you don't do anything. How would you describe what you do versus the Well, I do do that too. I, I, I do give motivational speeches. But, you know, what, what I have found when I was an athlete, I wanted to grab any book I could or listen to anything I could that would make me better, happier, because I knew, I didn't really understand it, but I knew there was a key somewhere and I wanted to find it. Um, so what was lacking though, when I would read or listen to people was the, how, how do we put this into play? How do we actually apply it? And 
then I always encourage athletes I work with, okay, now the accountability part. You tell me how you're going to remember this when you take it to the soccer field. Because it sounds good when we're sitting here talking. So I always want to make sure they have some, you know, kind of triggers that they can use to make sure they are thinking about it. Because that's the missing piece often um, with motivational speakers. But I love that whole gamut of lists that you name. So they have their place. Yeah, I tell people um, all the time that the motivational speakers help me with micro decisions. So I'm feeling a little tired. I have this app. It, the alarm clock is someone telling me, get your fat butt out of the bed. You know, <laughs> it's not going to help me with a lifelong health, but it'll help me with that little micro decision. And that's what I love about them. Start my day off right. Okay. So now let's talk about success stories. Somebody went from point A to point B. Let's talk about it. Give me an example. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a walking example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, when, when I was in high school, man, I was like rode that roller coaster. If I had a good game or even just a good shot, and we can take it to academics too. Uh, if I had a good grade, I was at the top of that roller coaster. As soon as I didn't get the grade I wanted or the feedback from a teacher or coach, ooh, there I go. Oh, wait a minute, I had a good shot or good grade. Oh, oh, and it was exhausting, and it really mentally wore me out and took a toll on um, some areas of my life. And so I was like, man, there's got to be a better way. So I just started studying and actually use a lot of the skills that I apply. And it helped me become a very uh, confident person. I, I don't think I know it all. I'm, I'm To me, that's the difference in cocky and confident. Cocky, you think you know it all. You don't want to learn anymore. I, I know I still got a lot to learn, but I know at the end of the day, I'm all right. And I'm going to make it through whatever I'm faced with. Might not get the result I want, but I'm going to be all right. And to me, that's the biggest success story. So I try to share that with athletes. I get it. I can relate. I've been there. Um, so that's the biggest success story. Um, but probably another one was early on. And I was actually coaching tennis as I was uh, taking classes in the mental game. And so I was trying to apply them to my, I had a men and women's tennis team in college. And I was trying to apply what I was learning. And we had gone from Division Two to Division One that year. No one expected us to do anything. Oh, y'all ain't gonna be last place. You know, you can't jump up with the big boys. Um, and so I was like, we can do this. We can be successful. And I just started applying some of these skills with our athletes. And they started their self-talk. They started visualizing. Um, just a lot of the skills I teach. And they started to drive it. I didn't even have to remind them. And they started to drive it. And slowly, one by one, we kept winning and we won the conference in our first year in Division One, and went undefeated in the conference. And I have no doubt it was the mental. First of all, they bought into it. That's always key. You know, the mental game doesn't work unless you let it. Um, but just them applying the skills, talent wins, but the mental will set you apart. So those, those and I could keep going on with stories, but. You know, that's that's on my to do list is to write a book on like success stories. I think that would be great. And we're going to get to the book in a second. So as you're talking, I'm writing down things. So you mentioned that you coached women's and men's tennis at the collegiate level, which is actually going to be another whole conversation. But did you find are there at the risk of overgeneralizing? 
different approaches for the genders? Oh yeah, oh definitely. Um, and, and you know the the gosh, with each passing generation, there's a different approach with every single individual. <laughs> but when I coached, I always like to say the biggest difference was, you know, if, if I were getting onto a team, like in general, hey guys, we got to do this, or we need to start doing this. Um, the guys would look around and be like, she's not talking to me. You know, the girls, oh my gosh, she's talking about me and would internalize it a lot more. Um, so that was probably, well, the second thing too, the guys could go head to head and battle and call each other names and smack talk. And then they walk off the court with their arm around each other. Oh, girls could not do that. With the girls, we needed to build a lot more of the unity piece. Um, I'm kind of going off track here, but I have what I call success circle and it's a circle and we have unity, confidence, and focus. And when the three of those are connected, you can't help but have success. So with female teams, I tend to probably really attack the unity piece more than with males. Still important with males, but, you know, women don't really care what you know until they know that you care about them. Yeah, men can be very transactional in that regard to a fault. All right, so... We all have our faults. Yeah, so we are just hitting as many highlights as possible. This conversation is to introduce you to the group because I have been following you and you have a wealth. I love the YouTube channel. You have a wealth of information. So I want to make that connection so that other people can reach out. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I bet you've spent hours searching YouTube, Instagram, and the internet for soccer drills. And when you find them, the videos are not follow along, they're not easy for your child to use, and they don't go step by step. We created Anytime Soccer Training to solve this problem and more. Anytime Soccer Training is the only online training program with thousands of follow along training videos that are easy to follow, go step by step, and cover every area of soccer. And if that's not enough, the program is fun with hundreds of skill challenges, soccer games, leaderboards, and cool prizes that all kids love. So what are you waiting for? Save time with a program that works. Go to anytime-soccer.com today and get started. Okay, so now we're moving around, moving down the list. You're an author. Tell me about why did you decide to go down that road? I have a well, hard time enough writing an essay. <laughs> well, that's a success story, too, of learning to change myself. Um, you know, throughout high school, I made really good grades, except anything involving writing. I would run in a book report or a research project, and I would get back great content. Tammy, horrible writing, and you really need to work on your writing. And I just developed this, I can't write. And that's what I would tell myself. And it was an easy out. And then one day I was like, I'm going to knock this book report out of the water. And I really worked really hard on it. It was senior English. I handed in. I was so excited. I was like, yeah, this is, you know, she's going to know I can write. She hands it back two days later with a big F at the top of it. And it said, too good to be yours. So basically accusing me of cheating, right? So, but what? I wasn't able to do at that time was recognize that meant I could write. But I took the negative and like, well, see, you can't write. 
And I let it really like kind of like have a barrier stand in my way for many years. I become this mental game coach. People are like, you need a blog or you need to put out a book or we need a workbook or something when you're not there. No, nope, I don't write. It's just easy to, nope, don't write. And I had a soccer coach, actually, Division II soccer coach I was working with. And he said, oh, you tell us to get out of our comfort zone, but you're not. Why do I want to use you anymore as a middle game coach? I was like, okay. So my first book was basically for myself to prove to myself that I could write. Um, it's by far been my bestseller and, and has helped a lot of athletes and even non-athletes. Um, but what I did was like, all right, I'm just going to write like I talk and just put it in simple, easy ways for athletes, coaches, parents to follow, understand, and then make sure I'm given how you can apply it. You know, how we talked earlier, that's kind of the difference. I want to make sure I'm giving you exercises, strategies, tips of how you can actually take it and put it into action. So that was kind of my journey. Then I, I kind of got the writing bug and uh, actually I have my fifth book coming out Tuesday. I don't even think oh you knew goodness. that. Yeah. Congratulations. So this I'm is excited what we're going to do it. for the Facebook group. If you guys comment below, we're going to do a giveaway. I'm going to put, put a link there. We're going to do a giveaway for your first. And then when your new edition comes out, if you join the giveaway for the first book, once the new edition comes out, you're going to get an email from us saying we got one more giveaway for you for the for the final book, for the fifth book. So congratulations on that. Now, well, there's you. two more things. All right. How do you communicate? So let me just say this. So one of the things with Anytime Soccer Training is I spend a lot of time working with the coaches to get them to help their players use the program. And I often say, and this is kind of condescending, but it is what it is. If I could just get the coach out of the way <laughs> and let the kid the kid is ready. They want it, but I have to work with the adult to get, the, you know, and it's the same thing, right? But we need the coach. So I'm joking a little bit. They know I joke with them, but they all have all these questions and I'm like, no, just let the kid get at it. They're going to kill it. So anyways, I say all that to say is we go back to the stigma. We go back a little bit to old school. How do you then make a breakthrough to the coach that this intangible thing that you're talking about that they can't see will have a profound impact on the on-field performance. Yeah. And you know, that is one of the biggest challenges that I face. I, I see two groups of coaches, one that are all in it. Yeah, we need this. And then others, nope, I'm old school. I know how to manage my team. I don't need any outsider coming in. Um, so, you know, I used to try to like just pound down walls and try to get those guys to see. But what I found is more effective, I'm making sure I'm putting my attention toward those that want it. And then hopefully the results will speak for themselves. Or, hmm, what's that team doing that I'm not? Or what's that club doing that I'm not doing? Um, so I don't know if that's the greatest answer, but I just know for my time and energy, I'm, I'm putting it where I can make the biggest difference. You know, and the same when I go into a team, you've got athletes sitting there that this is just a waste of time or one more thing I got to do. But I used to really try to like zoom in on them. And what I realized I was losing everybody else. So now I'm just like, even if there's one person in there, I can make a difference with one person, get them to buy in, believe it'll make a difference. I did my job. Exactly. All right. So now we're moving on to the final thing. I did. I just did two podcasts. I got to do a follow up and I've, 
post something that's pretty controversial, as controversial as it can be in youth soccer. And I, I effectively made the argument that you can do anything that you put your mind and your deeds to. When I tell someone that, what do you think is the first thing that they say? When I say, you can do anything that you put your mind and your deed to, what do you think people say to me? Oh, no, we can't. And then they try to come up with an example. I can't be this or that. And yeah, so the first thing they say is, oh, you're telling me that you can be the fastest person in the world. And you know what I say? Do you actually believe this? Do Because this is the very first thing. Don't, don't try to win an argument with me. Do you believe this? Do you really believe this? Are you thinking about this? And then what have you done over the last 10 years to become the fastest person in the world? Those are the two questions. If the two questions, if those two questions are yes, then I say, don't focus so much on that binary result. Mm. The process of trying to become the fastest person in the world is gonna unlock so many things in your life you don't even know what's in store for you. You may end up by trying to become the fastest person in the world. You may be, you may end up creating an institution to help your protege become the fastest person in the world. And you didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The fastest person to ever live was told all his life. That's not possible. You're too tall. You're in Jamaica. You don't have this training. What are you doing? And so that's the controversy is that people go to some what they consider to be an extreme. And I'm like, well, let's 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 talk about your real life right now. I love it. I am. shaking my head like, uh -huh. listen, I did these two podcasts in preparation for this interview because I could be a bit preachy. I want to I want to just have a softer tone here to say. Listen, you can, you put your mind to it and you work and you believe it. You can do it. How do you, how do you balance that? What people would call re, setting realistic goals with reaching for the stars. You know, everything you've said, I mean, you've got it. You've nailed it down. And, you know, one key piece you mentioned the younger you are, obviously, the more blank slate and the more options you do have. Um, you know, we are limited um, as we get older to a degree, but there's still like these way off North Star goals that we can accomplish if we believe it, if we have that verbal commitment, that's what I call it. Then if we have the physical commitment where we're willing to put in the physical work that's needed and required to reach that level. That's where more than half the people drop off. And then if we have the mental and emotional commitment to put ourselves all in, knowing we may fail, but that we're gonna give it all we have. And nine times out of 10, when you can reach those three levels of commitment, you can do anything you want. But the problem is we like to say we want something, but we don't put in the mental or physical work that matches that goal, that desire. And another thing that you said, it is all about the process. We think, we think result, I can do it or I can't do it. And then we just shut off instead of, okay, I'm going to make that my goal. But now these are the little zoom activities 
I need to do every single day that's going to help my journey get there. But we spend too far thinking about result instead of what we need to do. And then you wasted time and energy and drained yourself. Yes. And so I'll end with this. I was in preparation for this. I was watching the Alan Iverson interview on Club Shay Shay, and he was talking about confidence. And he said, you know, he played against two of the greatest number 23s of all time. And when the 23 that was in black and red, when he played against them and he was number three, he believed that number three was the best player on the court. And he said that even though millions of people believe that the number 23 in black and red was the best player on the court, in his mind, he was like, I'm rolling with Allen Iverson. I got this. I can beat this guy. And there's famous videos of him like just getting by Michael Jordan doing all this stuff. I can beat this guy. Even though millions of people, obviously, if you do a survey, 99% going to say Michael Jordan is a better player. But in his mind, he had convinced himself that I got this guy. And it showed up in his performance. So I will give you the last word on this in terms of what confidence means to you, how confidence has transformed your life, and then, then how can people get in contact with you? Confidence to me is like very key ingredient to success in anything that we do. Confidence is knowing that secure in who you are, what you can do. Again, knowing you don't know it all though. But if you do fail, if you do have a setback, then it doesn't take as long to bounce back. You get up the next day. And if anything else, you're more motivated when you have confidence to get a better result or to whatever goal you're chasing. Um, so confidence to me is one of the most important traits that we can have. And, and it's contagious. People want to be around people that are confident, not cocky, but confident. And it develops a collective confidence around your teams, whether that's your family or your sports team. Um, so I was at the bottom, I mean, mentally and emotionally. And uh, confidence has changed my life. Guys, this has been a wonderful interview. You're going to see it in the podcast. We're also going to pay, post it in the Facebook group. I've enjoyed the conversation. My sons are going to enjoy the conversation. Tammy, I'm going to reach out to you about my 14-year-old. And I'm going to encourage anyone um, who thinks they can benefit from this service, who thinks they can benefit with, from a conversation, you're available if they just have a question to reach out to you. Maybe they need some tips okay. here. They can grab your book as well. We're going to put together um, a free giveaway. We're going to put together a best best tips um, PDFs people can take with them. We're going to try to do everything we can to help. So my name is Neil Crawford. I am the founder of Anytime Soccer Training and also the host of the Inside Scoop. Let's get better together.